After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome everyone to a Baseball America podcast. Along with Aaron Fitt, I'm John Manuel. Coming to you as we do every Monday here on the College Podcast. Of course, last week was Tuesday, which is why I brought that up. Uh, we had some technical difficulties last week, but we're actually in person. This is our first in-person regular season podcast here. We actually kept you home this weekend. Uh, no gallivanting around the country for you. Um, it's good to be home too, John. Uh, opening weekend in the ACC. Caught a couple of uh, very entertaining games over in Chapel Hill at the new Boshimer Stadium. Uh, Carolina escapes on Sunday. Yeah. I'll tell you, that was, uh, that was, a, that was a, a heck of a game there because they were up 7-1 to one in the ninth inning. Uh, and then Clemson storms back. Jeff Schaus, one of my, my favorite players in that sophomore class with a three-run Blast. I think it's fair to say he's a personal cheese ball of yours. You could probably say that. You are, you are, you are Mr. Jeff Schaus. Plus his name is Schaus, which That's is just right. great. So it's a great name. But the, the Tigers couldn't hold on, John. It was, uh, I'll tell you, Carolina, they just find ways to win. Yeah, North Carolina's offense uh, came through pretty well this weekend. You have to like it if you're North Carolina and you paint the scenario where Dustin Ackley's swinging and missing like he did this weekend. He didn't have a great weekend series. He's really, yeah. by his standards, off to a fairly middling start. And, and I should add, you know, not just swinging and missing. He had several called third strikes, but you don't see a lot from him either. He's got such right. great, uh, great strikes, strikes on judgment. So he's really not locked in right now. Um, Alex White gives up four runs in the second inning in the opener, the lid lifter on Friday night. If Matt Harvey pitches great, but then the bullpen gives up seven runs on Sunday night in two innings, and yet North Carolina still wins the series. That's a, that's a testament to the fact that this North Carolina team, which is the number two in our rankings, is not just driven by its stars. It's not just Ackley and White. The, the, the supporting cast is pretty good, at least right now. So far, it's been good enough. And I think that sometimes, and this is the way Baseball America is always going to be, we focus on the stars, especially the draft-eligible guys. But I think North Carolina is starting to show that they have some other pieces. Levi Michael, a big part that of that. Bunting has been a huge a huge uh, a piece for them out of the leadoff spot. I think he's... He's kind of filled the role that I think they, they hoped Mike Cavazzini would fill. Right. Uh, ben the five foot seven outfielder role. Yeah, I mean he's <laughs> just he's 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 really getting on base and uh, making consistent contact with them. And meanwhile, Clemson, uh, we don't want to talk too much about this because it'll be in three strikes today on the Baseball America College blog. But Clemson, uh, you know, we were sitting there on Friday night and it's a tie game. Or Friday afternoon, a beautiful day, beautiful weather here in North Carolina this weekend. And Clemson comes out with his Tony Cruz, right? Right-handed Tomas pitcher. Tomas Cruz. Tomas Cruz, I'm sorry. Par- pardon me, Tomas. But Tomas Cruz comes out there on Friday, and Ayers like, I love Clemson's pitching depth, and you can name eight or nine guys, and Tomas Cruz would not be one that you name. And then he goes out there on Friday night, and he deals three scoreless innings and gets the win. And that just tells you why Clemson's ranked, 
Uh, they do have outstanding pitching depth, and the resiliency they showed on Sunday coming back against that North Carolina bullpen, a talented bullpen, um, there's no shame in getting shut down by Matt Harvey. So I think a good showing by both clubs this weekend. And let's talk about the ACC a little bit, Aaron, because you have some teams off to some pretty big-time starts. you got Georgia Tech checking in at number uh, 16 in our rankings. Uh, the Yellow Jackets are 9-1. and one. They've won six straight. They open up with a three-game sweep in conference play. Miami, though, I think is kind of the big newsmaker, really, in the league yeah. this, this year so far. Unranked entering the season. Uh, you know, very much on the cusp. And, you know, we had our eight for Omaha. You had an eight for Omaha coming out of the Cobble Series last year because you really believed in their returning talent. Two key pieces gone. And, uh, Eric Erickson and Eric Right, but they have filled in. And you talked to Jim Morris last week. Before this weekend series, and Miami comes out and sweeps NC State in a tight series. Had to come from behind after they were down uh, after Eden Nazario gives up six runs, I guess, on uh, Sunday. Right. Uh, they rally on Friday night, an extra inning game against. It's NC State, a good pitching team, yeah. and really Miami, I think, answered a really big challenge because they've beaten one series against Florida now, and NC State. What, what's got the Hurricanes off to this great start this year? Well, I, I think they're playing pretty well in, in all phases. I think that. Uh, they're not beating themselves. I think they're they're pretty strong defensively, uh, especially up the middle. I mean, if you look at Yasmani Grandal behind the plate, an outstanding catcher. And Ryan, Ryan Jackson. Jackson is shortstop. They've got speed in center field now with Nathan Melendrez, the freshman, who's uh, been a pleasant surprise for them offensively as well. You know, you know, I like teams that are strong up the middle, John. I know you do yeah, as me well. Too. Uh, and, you know, on the mound, I mean, hey, it starts with, with a, an ace at the front in Hernandez and a, an ace at the back in Bellamy. And yeah. in between, you've got David Gutierrez, who's probably been the best pitcher in the staff so far. Yeah, he shut out the six shutout innings on Saturday. You're He's right. been outstanding. And, and uh, you know, Nazario had been good before this weekend. So um, I still, you know, I'm not completely sold on the pitching depth. Uh, I don't think the lineup is as, certainly isn't as good as it was last year, right. obviously. Right, right. I mean, they have Ryan Jackson hitting in the three-hole. Uh, not, I mean, he's not a prototypical three-hole guy, but right. right now he's doing okay. And and you know, they're they're just they're a Jim Morris team. They're so well coached. They're Miami. They're yeah. gonna win. They're gonna find ways to win. Yeah, and that's the thing. You got to give uh, that team credit. And that's that's amazing. You know, Miami, Virginia, which just destroyed Wake Forest this weekend, and Georgia Tech are all three and zero in the Coastal Division. Yeah. All leading that division with North Carolina and Duke at two and one. And I'll and I'll add this also. Virginia is a team that I'm very impressed with so far. And, and they're not ranked yet because they, they beat up on all those uh their usual non-conference schedule, to be honest At home. You. Yeah, they're usual. Exactly. It's the same thing they did last year, and I think they do every year. A Jason Burzma-less Bucknell team. Bucknell and uh, no Lehigh this year, but uh, no, William Mary, Fordham, Delaware. I mean, you know, hey, you're not going to get ranked by beating those teams early in the year. I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen. But this weekend, very impressive statement going to Wake Forest and just beating the tar out of the Demon Deacons. Um, I like Virginia... Uh, I like their talent a lot, John. I, I love Danny Holtson, the freshman on the mound. He's just been outstanding for them, pitching on Friday nights already. Yep. Uh, you know, and, and, and this is a team that lost Carraway. a lot. You know, this is a team that lost a lot last yep. year, and they're but they're showing the ability, showing that the, where the program has, the, the point the program is at right now, where it's not just like okay, Sean Doolittle left two yeah. years ago, no, but, and they're going to fall off off of that. It's a good program, not just a good team. That's a big it, difference. And, and and the key thing for them has been the the last two classes. Sophomore class has stepped forward with guys like uh, uh, Phil Goslin out there mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. uh, Dan Grovat and um, you know the, the the center fielder. I'm drawing a blank on his name, but I'm also uh, not there on the center. But, but I mean, it's you know those guys are taking a step forward and and and, um, and they didn't and last the, year. UVA was a disappointment last year. Last year, 
the reason I think they're better this year is because this year's freshmen are performing better than their freshmen did last year. Yeah. You know, Stephen Prosha steps right into the middle of the lineup for them. That's another good point. I mean, it's, 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 uh, I think they're going to be a, a force to be reckoned with this year. I was disappointed with their club last year. I had high expectations for them. Um, but uh, I, think, I think this year, really, they could kind of sneak up on some people. And the crazy thing is, now you look at the Atlantic Division, and we'll wrap up our ACC part of the podcast here real quick, but Boston College, I think this is pretty noteworthy, Boston College is in first place, and it's not because they played, say, Maryland, no offense to Maryland, but they went to Florida State and won two out of three against Florida State in March. I mean, this was a loud statement, Aaron, I think. Nothing against BC, I think it says a little bit more, tells us a little bit more about Florida State. You know, we ranked Florida State this year, and I think Florida State in the preseason, and Florida State's got talent. But this team is shaky. There's just not a lot of pitching depth there, and I think it's evident by the fact that yeah. Sean Gilmartin, their freshman, starting on Friday nights. Right. And I just don't think they have the pitching depth of teams of old at Florida State. And, you know, they lost as much as any team in the country. They have yeah. a very talented yeah. sophomore class, and they're going to hit. But this weekend at, Flor- at Tallahassee, BC goes in there, and they don't just win the series. They win it convincingly. So something for Boston College, I think it almost says more about the fact that Florida State is just, I think, a good team this year, not a, really a team that's an Omaha threat. And we had them, I think, 24th in the preseason. Yeah. And I remember a couple of weeks ago, or maybe last week, I was talking with a scout, and I said, you know, are we too light on Florida State here? Mm-hmm. I mean, and he said, trust your instincts. The, yeah. the pitching staff is not very good. It's yeah. just not deep. I mean, he was he's not been impressed with Jeff Parker, the guy I talked to. He's not been impressed with John Gast. Yeah. Those are key guys for them. Those are that's two thirds of the weekend rotation. And and they've they've really got to hit hard this weekend. Yeah, no, it's it's just not uh and I think I think we mentioned in the meeting today, yeah, Boston College goes to Stetson and sweeps four at Stetson. Stetson's not a great team, but it's a good program. It's a southern team. It's got Chipper Jones money down there, you know, Larry Larry Jones Senior is a you know, always around the Stetson program. That would, I, I just think Chipper when I think Stetson. But uh, I, that was an impressive four-game sweep for them right out of the box. They beat South Florida. They, they split a couple games at Florida Gulf Coach. It was a solid program. Uh, but nothing, I think, prepared us for going to, to uh, Florida State and, sweep, and winning two out of three. Yeah. Now they're at Georgia Tech next weekend. They're at Maryland. I mean, it doesn't get any easier for them to go on the road again against a ranked team next weekend. But, but BC you. looks like a, a pretty interesting club because they are strong up the middle, starting behind the play with Tony Sanchez. Absolutely. And, and you know, they, they do have talent. They really do. I, I like BC. I think that they can they can maybe make make some noise at the is back Dan, end of that conference. Is Dan Shaughnessy's nephew still there? Or he's no? still there. He's not playing a lot. <laughs> his, his son, actually. Sam his Shaughnessy. son, I'm sorry. Uh, but, uh, you know, this team is, is they're going to have more trouble this weekend at Georgia Tech because Georgia Tech, I think, is legit. Georgia and, Tech and has power arms. They have power period. arms. That's what Florida State just doesn't have. Deck McGuire, Zach Von Tersh. I mean, Florida State doesn't have anything that approaches those two guys. Well, uh, it's fun to say Mark Zach Pope Von Tersh. in the back of the bullpen. I mean, you know, Georgia Tech's got power bats and power arms. They're a much better team than Florida State, John. They Mark, are. Mark Pope, if you want to check out some Mark Pope on YouTube, go to YouTube and check out and uh, enter Ross Heffley. You'll see Ross Heffley taking Mark Pope deep. Uh, for Brookwood High in the 2008 Georgia State playoffs. You're not going to find that anywhere else except here in the Baseball America podcast. I'm the, I'm the one of the members of the Ross Heffley fan club, but it's the Baseball America podcast. He's Aaron Fit. I'm John Manuel. Let's wrap up our ACC conversation and move on. Uh, we do have a new number one this week, Aaron. It's not North Carolina. It's Texas. The Longhorns started the season fourth. Moved up to number uh, two last week. Now they're number one after going to Stanford, winning two out of three. Uh, pretty impressive season so far for the Longhorns. They're really doing it with pitching. Uh, I had a scout who was going to a game I was uh, talking with on 
you know, Thursday or Friday, was going to go see the Stanford Texas series at least a couple games this weekend, and he asked me who to watch out for. And I just found myself typing in so many names, uh, but also typing in that so many of them were not eligible this year. Yeah. And that's the thing: Texas is a young team off to a great start, but there is still some ceiling for this team. They're oh, not. Yeah. They're not playing their best. There's a long way they could get to play their best, especially offensively. But right now, Texas's pitching staff, I think, has to be mentioned in the same breath as the ones that we talked about earlier in the year uh, in the preseason as, as the elite programs in terms of pitching, the San Diego's, the North Carolinas. Texas, Texas A&M. A&M. Right. Texas is right Maybe there in Baylor. that conversation. Right. Yeah, you're right. Baylor has to be in there, too. But, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I think we talked a lot about their arms last week, too. Uh, Ruffin, Workman, Green, Youngman. Uh, Deshari, I mean, that, that's, that's some depth that, right there. That, those are five arms, and, and and you know what else has been key for them is Austin Wood in the back of the bullpen. He's he's in a great role for him. He fits better, I think, out there than he did as a starter, and he's he's he, performed. He's got mental toughness. He throws strikes. To yep. me, I've said it before. I'll say it again. You have to have there's a, there's a certain threshold in terms of stuff that you have to have to be a closer. But to me, the separator is always not stuff, or else Kyle Farnsworth would have been a big league closer for all this time, or else Daniel Barr would already be in the big leagues closing. There's a threshold of mental toughness, fearlessness, and ability to throw strikes, and th- the f- the courage basically to get beat with your pitch, and to challenge hitters with your pitch, and to not be Mark Wolers and get beat with your slider by Jimmy Lairitz in 1996. That's that's why that's why Mark Wolers fell off the planet. You have to be able to get beat. If you're going to get beat, you're going to get beat with your best pitch. Uh, that's that's Dennis Eckersley. Okay, K- Kirk Gibson took him deep in 1988. With that backdoor slider, three-two, Dennis Eckersley's career did not fall apart after that. Right. He was still outstanding after that. And was a ridiculous MVP in, two, in 1990. <laughs> I'm pretty sure uh, that was the year he was MVP, which doesn't make any sense that a closer would be MVP. But that's I digress. But that's Austin Wood. It's everything I've, everyone I've talked about about Austin Wood is, you know, stuff's probably a little bit short. It's good for a college pitcher, but that guy has such mental toughness, and I think he really fits into that role. Right. And I do think Texas is gonna hit, but they're not gonna be. I think there's a reason why we ranked A&M ahead of them preseason, Aaron. A&M's offense looks more explosive, especially yeah. thanks to your boy, Brooks Raley. I know you're a big Brooks Raley fan. That guy is just uh, carrying the load over there. He, he's, you know, it's hard to think of a, of, a, of a player in the country who's made more of an impact so far on both yeah. sides of the game. He's just been dynamic as a pitcher and as a hitter. It's, it's the speed, it's the, uh, the, the line drive stroke, and he's been the Friday night guy. I mean, he's been... Uh, everything he's cracked up to be, and uh, you know, I still like Texas A&M's pitching more than Texas's. I mean, look at A&M's weekend rotation, John. Those guys keep performing. Yeah, Alex sick. Wilson strikes out 14 guys, allows one unearned run on Saturday, and loses. Yeah, Jordan hey. Watcott got the win for uh, Utah. If you want to know about pitch. Jordan Watcott, go to Baseball America. If you're a subscriber, go to our 2008 draft map. Click on Arizona, and you can read my scouting report on Jordan Watcott. So that's but, what up. You know, I mean, with, with Rayleigh and Wilson. And Barry Laux, who also w- was strong again on Sunday. Yeah, 24 strikeouts at 11 innings for those two guys. And, and, and you know what? Clayton Ellert was very good, and Ross Hales was very good in moving action this week. So and Ross Hales they... is a big-time freshman. He's a big-time. Uh, Absolutely. As, fr- as, as much of a, a freshman that a team looked forward to as anybody yeah. in the country. He's in the same boat for me as, as Youngman and, and Deshara, those Texas guys. Yeah, absolutely. So, so when, when Fullerton comes to town this week, you know the Aggies are going to throw Clayton Ellert out there. and That's going to be an awesome, awesome matchup. And what matchups for the Big 12? Yeah. We'll look forward to that conference call this week when they open the con- their conference play this weekend. Uh, you got Texas playing a midweek game with Baylor and then playing take, playing host of Missouri, which bounced back one, two out of three this weekend. Starting to get in the rhythm, but still not quite there. Uh, you got A&M playing Baylor this weekend. 
And uh, what a what series that's going to be! Look at the pitching matchups there. I mean, uh, Saturday especially is going to be Voles against Wilson. Wilson. That'll be outstanding. Yeah, there should be some scouts out for that one. Um, and Baylor, like I like we said, Baylor coming off its best week of the year, where the Bears win four games and they beat TCU, which kind of had their number of late, yeah. and which is playing outstanding baseball, and then winning three games in their tournament at home: South Alabama, UAB, and UC Irvine. So, so Baylor off to an outstanding start in the Big Twelve. We talked about it preseason, Aaron. We thought this was as good as we've seen the Big Twelve, right? With Texas A and M, Texas both being legitimate national championship contenders. I think Baylor, we feel has the pitching to be a national championship contender. We think Missouri's pretty legit. Both schools in Oklahoma, Oklahoma right. and Oklahoma State, pretty legit. Oklahoma goes and sweeps a tight series against UCLA yeah. this weekend. They, Oklahoma's been pretty impressive. Yeah, they've played a lot of games on the road. They've taken on all comers. Sure. As far as Big 12 teams are, are concerned, they've probably played the toughest schedule in yeah, the Big they, 12. They went, they, they went two San Diego, split two games there. They went to Washington State and, and split, split a four-game four, series. Yeah. I mean, that's a solid – Washington State's a, a frisky little bunch. That's a solid uh, series for them. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that the, I think that the Sooners have upheld our faith in them in the preseason. Uh, they're and, and Oklahoma State, to, to, to give credit where it's due. Yep. Uh, you know, hey, we didn't have these guys ranked in the preseason, but they look pretty darn good. That that weekend rotation is, a, is another one that's outstanding with it's, Oliver Lyons and Blanford. It's elite. And I think the reason we ranked Oklahoma ahead of them preseason was the, the lineup. Oklahoma has yeah. more offensive firepower for the Cal- for the uh, for the Sooners over the Cowboys. I still believe that, but I yeah. think Oklahoma. If you're asking like why we rank them ahead of maybe other rankings, other polls, I think everybody else undersold Oklahoma's pitching. I mean, I Garrett Richards, their Sunday pitcher, and that guy was the best arm really yep. in the Alaska League, uh, Alaska League last summer, along with Stephen Fishback of Cal Poly, who's hurt and hasn't pitched yet this year, and Mario Hollins of UC Santa Barbara, and Joe Gardner of UC Santa Barbara, segueing me into UC Santa Barbara, Aaron. Popping in nice the back segue, of the top John. 25. How about the Big West Conference, Aaron? You got Fullerton, which is just playing great this year. I mean, I think it tells you a little something about yeah. TCU that they were able to win that series from Fullerton. But Absolutely. Fullerton bouncing back the way that a Dave Serrano coach team does, the way the Titans do. Going on the road to Southern Miss and sweeping that series. I mean, just if you want to know about Southern Miss, go back to Weekend Preview on yeah. Friday and, and read the scouting report. I you, got made them, scout. you made them sound really, really good. The best part about this series for me for Fullerton is how veteran Southern Miss is. That's a team that only really has one freshman of any significance playing big time, uh, getting playing time. It's a sophomore, junior, senior laden team. And Fulton went in there and brushed them aside. Yeah. That's really impressive. It absolutely is. And, and, you know, hey, we knew these guys were going to be legit. They have not been disappointing at all. And Irvine. Uh, Irvine's you know, Irvine. Let's, let's talk about, just for a minute, John, why we moved Irvine down five spots this week. Right. Because they did win their weekend. They went two and one. But, right. Uh, here's the thing is, is they did, it's a two and two week. Right. Uh, Marymount's good, but it's Marymount. It's been a sure. m- middle to bottom of the pack West Coast Conference team for the better part of this decade. But mostly, it's if you look at the teams that were right behind them, Fullerton, Arizona yep. State, Georgia, and Rice, they've all just been more impressive. They That's all the have better line. wins. I mean, Irvine. Uh, they played Baylor twice and lost twice. They, I think they played Baylor was it once. I'm and, sorry. And they lost to Texas A&M. Was, okay, I lost So the A&M. two best teams that they played, they lost to. Close their other, games. Their other best wins, UCLA, that doesn't look so good now. Two and ten for the Bruins. Houston got, you know, lost a series at home to Cal Poly this weekend. Uh, so what's their best win? I guess, is it Houston? Uh, UCLA? Probably Whatever. Houston. Either way, yeah. it's not as impressive as those teams ahead of them. So we, we made a little bit of an adjustment there. Yeah, and the, you know, Irvine's pitching depth is not it's great. It's top of the rotation, as good as anybody in the country. They're going to compete with Babona and Bergman out there. They could right. be any team, anytime, anywhere because of the style they play, their defense. They're, I think, but I think they're a little bit less offensive than yes. I thought they'd be without Brian Hernandez in the lineup and their pitching depth. That was a question that you had that hasn't right. 
necessarily they haven't come forward and shown you that that concern has been uh, ameliorated. They, they didn't really have a third starter going into the year. They thought maybe it might be Brock Bar- Bardeen, and he's kind of been a bullpen guy for them and struggled. But uh, here, this kind of tells you they're using Crosby slot now on Sundays, and this is a guy that Mike Gillespie was thrilled to get four solid innings out of him last weekend. Yeah. I mean, you know, hey, that's, that's a nice performance. It's good for Crosby slot, but when you're ecstatic to get four innings out of your Sunday guy, that's not a good sign. No, it's not. And that's and this league is not going to be any easier. And Polly better come correct. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, and Irvine better come correct when it gets to the Big West. Because the Big West, I think, always underrated nationally just because, yeah. I mean, this, this should be like a, I mean, it happens every year. And I'm not trying to sound like a, a West Coast apologist. But, you know, the West Coast Conference is an underrated league. No in the question. RPI. The Big West is an underrated league in the RPI. And the fact that Northridge and Pacific are so bad most years hurts because if you talk to Jim Wright and you talk about the RPI, great teams in a league can get canceled out by horrible teams in a league. Well, Pacific and Northridge both look better Much this improved. year, Aaron. No so doubt. this could be a year that the, that the Big West has four or five teams because – uh, Cal Poly's ranked. They've got to get at least four, John. I will. I will. You can take that to the bank. They will get I, at least four teams in the tournament. I'm with you because uh, Poly is legit. They're doing this without Stephen Fishback. DJ Maldlin's pitching outstanding. He's been outstanding. Kevin Kastner has ten strikeouts and five scoreless innings so far in their bullpen. This team has power arms. They've got an impact freshman in their second baseman Jensen, who was an unsigned eleventh round pick last year. Right. He's got five home runs already. Their entire their singles their leader last year had nine. So they have a power element they haven't had before. Uh, Cal Poly looks legit, and then UC Santa Barbara comes into our rankings this week. I think weekend rotation-wise, they might have the best weekend rotation in the Big West in Ford, Hollins, and Gardner. I think you're right. And then Riverside, and, we didn't and, even and, and rank and Riverside. Joyce, the, the outstanding freshman, gives him another That's right, Chris Joyce, a left-hander, unsigned 10th rounder. I forgot all about him. We didn't even rank Riverside this weekend, and Riverside's yeah. resume They're knocking on the door of the rankings, too. I mean, if you look at what they've done, I, I'm very impressed with Riverside. I think they're one of the big surprises this year, and they've kind of moved up in our internal rankings, if yeah. you will, from about the 70 to 80 range to about the 25 to 30 range. There's, there's, no, there's no doubt. They I mean, were a significant consideration this week. I mean, you know, this weekend, a very good weekend. Two wins against Texas Tech, which is a decent, not great club. Uh, Gonzaga had been playing lights out. They beat them. Yeah, uh, Gonzaga had been playing really well. And a win against Oklahoma State. If you talk about teams that were playing great, 7 nothing against those guys. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, hey, Riverside, John, has some pitching. Uh, with with guys like with Appleby and, and, and Andres, the, the the newcomer there has been an impact guy for them. Joseph Appleby Kelly was outstanding been, this weekend. A complete game. I think it was a three hitter, no walks, hitter. six strikeouts. Uh, that's about as good as it gets uh, for the left hander to, to come out there and pitch like that. And Joseph Kelly showing why he, he was a preseason third team All American so far. He's been very good. Well, that's the bottom line. This is just a it's a well coached team. It's a good program, and this is just you know, this league is an outstanding league. I mean, I think, the, I think we think the West Coast Conference is an outstanding league. San Diego had a rough yeah. week this week, but Pepperdine's very good. I mean, like I just talked about Loyola Marymount kind of being not that great, but Loyola Marymount and San Francisco, these are really solid programs. Yeah. And Zag is off to a great start uh, that was tempered a little bit by what I they did this weekend. I still like Santa Clara, even though they lost the series at Oregon this weekend. Santa Clara and uh, Oregon. How about Oregon? But baseball in the West this year just is up. And that's, you know, UCLA is 2-10, and 10 and we're talking, and, and USC lost the series this weekend at Tulane. Those two teams had better get going. It just is not going to get any easier in the West. There just are no slouches. That's ridiculous. There's no Maryland out there, you know. There is no, I don't know who, there's no Mississippi State of 2008. There are just no slouches. There are no automatic, you roll out there and you play your game and you win. It just doesn't happen in the West. If you don't come to play, you will lose. 
And uh, that seems to be what happened. And if you make mistakes, the opponent can capitalize. It's just happening to UCLA. It's just happening to Southern Cal. Uh, big, big series win for Tulane this weekend. That's, that's big for Conference USA. But I think we're talking about how good the West is. Some of those West at-large bids, Aaron, can come at the expense of the league like Conference USA. Where, well, but, but Tulane beating USC, that's a pretty important series win Absolutely. for the Green Wave. Because outside of Rice in East Carolina, I mean, here you look at a Southern Miss off to a great start. But, you know, you're playing Cal State Fullerton at home and you get swept. That's not going to help them in the search for an at-large bid. It's great they played Fullerton. Kinda had to, if they get a win there, that looks a lot better for them. Uh, and, you know, they they weren't even in any of those games. I mean, it no, wasn't they even competitive. That was a, a very disappointing weekend for the Golden Eagles. I mean, we're talking about the Big West. I mean, Long Beach State's 3-7. and seven. This is a very good program, and they're talented, but it's a lot of freshmen, a lot of sophomores. And even they, I think in true West Coast fashion, come to Columbia and South Carolina, uh, wins the first two games. But Long Beach State would not get swept. And uh, that's, I think, a testament to Mike Weathers and that team. That, that team, I mean, Cal is in the Pac-10. These are all teams that are like in that 26 to 50 kind of range. Uh, with the exception of Long Beach State, I think all, a lot of the teams we just talked about are regional caliber teams, Aaron. Yeah, yeah. And maybe even Oregon is, for crying out loud. And it's first point, year. I mean, that's... you got to throw them into that mix. I, I think the West has so many good teams. I, I really would not be shocked if some of those teams just beat each other up. It's going to be hard, I think, to separate... But it's going to be hard for a great team to emerge in the West in terms right. of record right. because it just, you can't sleep on anybody. And I think that's especially true, like you said, in, in, in the Big West and the West Coast Conference. I think West Coast Conference is strong top to bottom. Yeah, no, I mean, there's a doubt. There's not, there's definitely no Patsy in that league, and, and those teams are going to beat each other up. I mean, I imagine, you know, as much as I think that should, there are four or five uh, regional caliber teams in that league, they probably will only get three bids. It's the Baseball America College Podcast, along with Aaron Fitt. I'm John Manuel. Man, we've waxed eloquent about the, the two coasts and the Big 12 uh, and a little bit in between. We've kind of spanned the globe a little bit uh, of the college podcast this weekend. Aaron, we, we, we haven't even mentioned, and we should just make sure we, we mention this before we're done, Illinois going to LSU, our number one team, and winning two out of three. Now, I checked on the uh, questionnaire for Illinois. They sent us this, this uh, preseason and the pitchers who pitched this weekend, uh, Ben Reeser, uh, who started on, I believe, Sunday, and I forget already who started Friday for Illinois. But their Friday guy was listed in the preseason as their, preseason as their number four starter, and Reeser was listed in the preseason as their reliever, kind of like as their sixth pitcher, basically. So obviously there's been a little uh, jumbling of their weekend rotation. But Illinois is up to a really good start for them, but still a pretty shocking result for Illinois to go down to Alex Box Stadium and oh, beat yeah. LSU. What? I mean, uh, what's your takeaway, I guess, from this? I think it's hard to put too much stock in it. And, and it's, it's, it's a terrific weekend for Illinois. It certainly is eye-popping. I mean, LSU had won 25 straight regular season games. That's amazing. That's amazing. And Illinois comes in there, a team that even in the Big Ten Conference, they're probably at best the middle of the pack Big Ten team, at least heading into the year. Right. And I still like Michigan better, and I still like Indiana better, and I probably still like Ohio State better. But this is one magical weekend for Illinois. Um, you know, I, I think it speaks a, a lot of their of their toughness that they get blown out twenty two to ten on Saturday, and they come back on Sunday and throw Ben Reeser out there, and he's just throwing all these change ups at LSU, and and he shut him down. It sets the best offense in the country. And he held him to two runs after they held him to one run on Friday. That's that's the amazing thing is this is LSU. We've been touting as the best offense in the country, and I still think it is the best offense in the country. There's no question. So that tells me a lot about Illinois that their pitching staff and their I forget the name of their closer. It's it's like Chimulewski, yeah, who is our uh, clo- who's our uh, intern this spring as well. I don't think it's the same name as Brian, but uh, we'll just call him Chewy for short. 
but Chewy goes out there and closes down both games for Illinois, you know, you have to respect that. And I, I'm, I just look forward for the Big Ten jokes that SEC fans will make during the year. And they need to remember that a middle-of-the-pack Big Ten team came into LSU's house and the words of Dan Day Lewis drank their milkshake. I mean, you know, so I, I would, I think they drank their milkshake all weekend, uh, two out of three games, until allow only three runs in two games. At LSU is pretty amazing. Amazing, and, and I will caution our readers, uh, or listeners, and listeners, don't get carried away with Illinois because they're not going to win the Big Ten. John, you heard it here first. They're yeah. not going to win the Big Ten. They're not going to make the NCAA tournament. This is just a great weekend. Michigan's the team to beat them. All right, I'm going to talk to Dan Hartley this week, the coach of the Illinois, and see what he says. And I bet somewhere Itch Jones is smiling, and he's probably scratching himself too because his name is Itch Jones. Uh, that was a long-time coach of Illinois, but uh, I just like saying Itch Jones. But now Dan Hartley is there. It's not as fun. He, I don't know what his nickname is. He should be Scratchy, just like so they have Itchy and Scratchy do. Illinois coaches. All right. That's all I got for you. What a way to end the podcast. Going out like suckers on the college baseball <laughs> podcast this weekend at Baseball America. So for Aaron Fit. I am John Manuel. Remember, well, last weekend we last week we answered several email questions at podcast at baseballamerica.com. So send in those questions to us and we'll answer them. So for Aaron, I'm John. Until next week's college podcast. So long, everybody. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.